Lost my hat. I hate it here. It's not true. You said it would be... You said that movie had rewatch value for you. No, I said I'd be more willing to watch that than Ocean's Eleven. They're like the same movie. I'll watch both of those more than I will ever watch Mad Max again, so... Mad Max was great! Oh, gosh. What a cinematic masterpiece. The story was shit, but man, was it pretty. Uh, We're not here to talk about Mad Max. No. We're here to talk about Sahara. We are here to talk about Sahara. (laughs) Another movie in the desert. Another movie put in a lot of gold tones. I read a trivia thing just before you really go off about it, because I know you're going to rant and rave about it. Rant more so than rave. The color editor designed a specific filter for some scenes to add more gold to it. I knew it! To evoke an emotion of heat. It made my brain angry. That's because you like things like Twilight, where everything is cold and fucking awful. Yes, I do. I do. Not so much like I love those movies, but just I like... Aries. tones. Aries. Gentle. Our dog is very loud, and we apologize. We took away the loud toy. So, yay. Um, but yeah, James did not take notes for the first time ever. Yeah, didn't, I've seen the movie many times. So he, uh, did not take notes. I took copious notes. Have a lot of notes. I cannot wait. My first note that I need to get out there, um, and I think we talked about it last week when we talked about doing this movie, um, I guess it's last week for those of you listening in podcast land, two weeks if you're here live, but Last City Where Cinema, I mentioned that I greatly, strongly dislike Matthew McConaughey with a great passion. Um, mm-mm. Not this week. Sorry, I'm answering a question in chat. Uh, there will be no vote this week, chat, because Green Girl used his points to score himself two movies in a row. So, um, yeah. So I don't. I just like Matthew McConaughey, and that's 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 all you really got to know is I don't like. <laughs> um, this music is very epic as an intro to a movie. It was very jarring. It just started off hot. And it kind of didn't stop. Uh, I made a sigh about time traveling. We didn't even time travel. Yeah, we went in the past and then we went to the future. What do you mean we were in the past? During the whole Civil War portion. Well, they had to give you context. I know. I still sighed. Ow. Um, I then wrote a note, um, did this movie rip off National Treasure or did National Treasure rip off this movie? Good question. Because I looked it up, uh, this National Treasure would have ripped off Sahara. Um, but it's essentially the same story of something happening, uh, in a previous war in American history and a descendant becomes obsessed with finding the hidden thing, the hidden artifact of said war in time and blah 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 same story different movie um and i said why don't we use cannons anymore i like cannons we should use more cannons and cannon um and catapults those were fun too when do we use cannons 
Every gunship in our Navy has cannons. It does? Yeah, but they look different. Oh. They fire slugs as big as the regular cannons we used to have. It's like a cannon that shoots cannons. Okay. And most of them have, like, triple barrel cannons. Like, these things are enormous. Yeah. It's we not, still use cannons. I like cannonballs. I like, I like the... We don't use cannonballs, yeah. as far as I'm aware. Um, and then I wrote, what is happening? Because there was just a weird ship, and it was really dark, and there was lots of firing, and I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, for a long portion of the thing, and I wrote a question that I think I know the answer to, which was, were, were tank boats a thing? In Civil War history? Tank boats? Like, like cause ironside it was like, ships? Well, it was like yeah. a tank boat. It was like a... Ironside ships were a thing. Tank boat. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep making the motion and saying the words until I get an answer. Yeah, there were a bunch of ironclad ships. Oh, okay. See, I and didn't know that. By a bunch, that. I mean there were a few. I learned a thing today. I didn't know those were a thing. Um, calling your story an adventure. Because in the credits, it goes, uh, what's his name? A Dirk, yeah, a Dirk something, something adventure. Like, it was the name of the author and the name of the character. I just feel like it's really presumptuous to call your story an adventure. Um, so that was a thing. Uh, this montage of shelves and photos and credits go on for some time. It did go on it, for all of the sometime. It was a very long time of weird photos and shelves of like knickknacks and credits of people, only some of which I cared about. Now, to put that in context, the the character, the most of the characters are involved in a book universe written by Clive Cussler, so it is a subtle way to give you context that there are more adventures that are had by these characters uh, who have a, a deeper lore in another medium. Just like Harry Potter. That's not the vibe I got, though. Well, yeah, because Harry Potter's vibe is childish and whimsical, and this vibe was carefree and murder. I also... There are other character or books like... Books to movie adaptations that are like that, like uh, Robert Langdon and The Da Vinci Code, who does do many other things, um, and he didn't need a very long, excessive intro sequence. Well, Sahara's not the first story about those characters, so there's context for the timeline of the stories of those characters. I got no information about the timeline of those stories of those characters. Like I said, it was so. Um, and then I wrote immediately afterwards that James would like this movie because I discovered after watching this movie and then thinking about all the other movies that James likes, uh, that he has a type, which is early 2000s adventure movies. Yes. So. Except for the Harry Potter ones. Um, those I. Those were made by the English. That's also not an adventure movie. That's a fantasy movie. Difference. Uh. <laughs> I specifically said early 2000s adventure movies. Okay. Uh, I have a note that everyone in this movie speaks English incredibly well, just as a nitpicky thing. <laughs> um, my other nitpicky thing was the filter that made everything gold. So I have a couple nitpicky things, but I've 
been criticized so many times in my life for getting lost in a forest by looking at the branches on a tree, so I will refrain from mentioning them any further other than those two notes. Um, I really got annoyed at how many times, because the virus makes you sensitive to light. And the first thing they are told about the virus is that he is extremely sensitive to light. Oh my god, it was amazing. And then Dr. Penelope Cruz, who I never bothered to learn her character's name. They only say it a million times. Matthew McConaughey McConaughey says Ava a thousand times. A thousand times he says it. He says it so many times. I'm amazed. It's like saying wands in Harry Potter. She, he says it so many times, and you hate him so much, you forgot. Maybe it's because he said it that I just didn't fucking hear it. <laughs> um, You're despicable. But anyways, Ava, apparently, uh, just lifts up his eye like eyelid and shines a bright-ass flashlight into his eye, and he, like, freaks the fuck out. And I was literally like... You, like, she she said he is sensitive to light and is freaks out about the light, and the first thing you fucking do is shine a flashlight into his eye. She deserves everything that happens to her in the movie past this point. All right, here's the deal. If you're going to yell, move the microphone away from your face. I I yell from way back here. You're all up in it. All right. Normally, I'm too quiet on the microphone, so I moved it closer. Normally, I'm the one bitching about the movies. Um... Carry on. The the issue I had with watching this movie in present day and dealing with a virus that the World Health Organization is trying to stop is that I now have way too much information about how that actually goes. Poorly, as we found out. Um, And so they make this line of like, well, how many people have to get it before it becomes a pandemic or before we do something and I, uh, I wrote the line specifically that I said, I hate to inform you, but the number is credibly high before it starts to matter. Because <laughs> I think her, like, how many people before it has to, before it matters? And I was like, the number is way too high. <laughs> the number is way too high before that's, it starts to actually matter. That's not a fault with the movie, but the times that we're in currently change the lens you watch the movie through. That's, that's kind of why I said, I was like, well, I made a note, I was like... It's later on, but they're not, like, wearing masks when they investigate the patient. They haven't determined if it's a viral disease yet. And I was like, she's not wearing a mask. Me, retroactively speaking, from 2022, where I now know things about how pandemics are handled. Um, I, I was also sitting there when they, they eventually they do visit more patients and they don't wear masks at first. They wear them when they treat, but they didn't wear them to investigate. And I was like, why would you not? If you don't know how this sickness is being transmissed, why would you not wear a mask? What if it's airborne? Then you just fuck yourself. Like, I don't know. That's a little thing that they definitely didn't need to give a shit about back then, but you would absolutely give a shit about if you made the movie right now. Yeah. It's, it's, that's... That whole sequence, many of those sequences would be vastly different if you reshot that movie today. Yeah, because now everybody has all this information of how we examine pandemics and how it starts and what we do that in 2001, no one really cared about nor knew. Um, Calling it the WHO instead of the WHO is just... 
Why don't we call it The Who? There's probably a copyright on the name The Who. Because of the band called The Who. Which was around first? The World Health Organization or the band? I don't know. Are we going to get into a World Wildlife Foundation versus World Wrestling Fund? or What? Oh my gosh. Okay. Side story. There once was a time where the WWF, the um, Wrestling Federation, got in a lawsuit with the World Wildlife Fund because... They each said they had the name first. Turns out the World Wildlife Fund came first, and that's why it's the WWE now. Well, if it makes you feel better, uh, the World Health Organization is called the World Health Organization, and the Who is called the Who. Okay. So it doesn't fucking matter who came first, and it was the World Health Organization. Okay. Um... I also just had a couple predicting moments where, like, she was walking up to the lighthouse and I was like, there's no way this dude is alive and he wasn't. Um, and then she also proceeded to open the eyelid again in the bright sunshine. And I was like, did you not fucking learn? No. About the eyes? No. And then she proceeds to do it several more times in the movie. And it just, like, why? She is one of the stupidest doctors. I, I, I do laugh. I have to laugh. Because there's a, it's just so clear. There's a line. He is sensitive to light, and then she opens his eye and shines a flashlight in it, and he has there's a jump scare, and he freaks out. It's hilarious. And then she's out at her car, and she gets attacked. And my note was, where did he come from? Because there was nothing around her for miles. We have to yada yada that. And then I said, where are you gonna go? Because she just takes off running. Now. You did ask that question before you saw that she was running towards the nearest people. Oh, I didn't see that. Yes, because you were busy typing your angry question. In that scene, she sprints away from the lighthouse, seemingly in the direction of nothing, or what would be the ocean. Uh, but, in fact, in that direction are two dudes who are with the guy in black, and uh, Matthew McConaughey out in the water. Uh, but she is looking for assistance from those two dudes, uh, and then they choke her out. Okay. See, I didn't know that. Um, I wrote gross because Matthew McConaughey started being weird and flirty. And I wrote gross every time Matthew McConaughey is weird and flirty. So there's just a couple f things in here that's like gross because Matthew McConaughey was making me feel uncomfortable. Um, I wrote Penelope Cruz is gorgeous still to this day. She's a fucking fantastic woman. Um, my next note was really, it's going to be one of those getting lost in the woods staring at leaves moment, but... For a woman who was just recently choked unconscious, <laughs> she would have excessive bruising around her throat. How long does it take for bruising to appear? Well, for some people... Like, for me, it takes all of ten seconds. But she doesn't have bruising for the entire movie, so no. even if it took time... In fact, the only character who has a noticeable wound at any point in time is Dirk. And that's after, you know, when he gets hit in the face with the rifle, then they go on the truck later. In his fight scene at the end, he's got that cut and a bunch of bruising right there. That's because wounds on guys are hot, wounds on women are not. No, I think they should have absolutely put makeup on her neck to show she was choked because realistically she would have been there's Absolutely. no way you get choked that hard on the ground with a whole ass dude on top of your throat until you go unconscious and you don't have any marks from that that's just not how life works um 
I wrote another note that says, God, this is so gross. I'm not going to explain what that is again. Um, and then I said, let me count the fucking testosterone levels on this boat. As Matthew McConaughey rises out of the thing and he's just hanging up there like freaking King Kong. And I just... Never mind the scientific discovery of finding a sarcophagus. Of a... I couldn't focus on the really cool part because all I could think about is this fucking Matthew McConaughey. Which is exactly what it was designed to do. I just have the opposite reaction that everybody else does. Um, and then I wrote simultaneously afterwards as he was like throwing pickup lines at her that she can do, Penelope Cruz can do better. And then I found out that they dated after this movie and I stand by my she line. so upset. I stand by my line that Penelope Cruz can do better. <laughs> um, the, there's this scene where Al. Al. That's Steve Zahn. It took me forever to learn his name, too. I make a note about that later, but, um... They say Al a thousand times in the movie. Would you let me have this? No. It's my movie. No. It's my time to shine. I remember the Harry Potter characters' names. Come on. Sometimes. Sometimes you're like, that one, that, that, what, what is their name? And I have to tell you, so, um... Okay, but Al and Ava are really easy. <laughs> So is Harry, Hermione, and Ron. I don't forget their names. I forget the fucking Professor Flipperflip or whatever. <laughs> Professor Flipperflip. <laughs> That's not a real character, by the way, but sure sounds like one, doesn't it? It doesn't, but God, is it funny? It sounds That's like, exactly that what sounds I... like a potions teacher. That's exactly what I'd expect someone who's never seen Harry <laughs> Potter to call a professor in Harry Potter. Yeah, or who's professor only seen it or, or who's only seen it once. Um Professor more I in theater it was always a joke that all the girls knew how to tie ties and the guys didn't. And it just made me laugh as Al comes up and he's like, How do you how do you tie the tie? And it just reminded me of like my childhood where we were sitting there backstage tying all the boys ties because none of them knew how to tie ties. Um, side note, I also hate Matthew McConaughey more with a mustache. Which I also hate mustaches. So it really just doubled down on my feelings against Matthew McConaughey. Um, always love a good black market artifact dealing. Those are always fun. Pieces of people's history being sold secretly behind closed doors for... Let me introduce you to the nation known as England, where they don't sell, they just steal. I'm not saying that's better. <laughs> I'm just saying people's history should go to the people whose history it is, so that it can be honored and displayed properly. Agree. Um, then they have this really funny interaction in the Black back alley black market artifact dealings where the artifact dealer goes, uh, we're not that friendly as Matthew McConaughey is trying to like, he like get the artifact and he's like, where's the cash? And then they just don't move either of them for a moment. They both start laughing. I was like, like, was that a jab at how friendly they actually are? Or are they actually not friendly? Cause I'm, I, I'm confused. <laughs> it wasn't clear to be fair. It wasn't clear. Um, then I wrote that dude wore a baseball cap to a fucking black tie affair, which is 
fitting for his character, but also just a sin in fashion land. So don't do that. Don't wear baseball caps to black tie affairs unless you are a baseball player. And then it's kind of like your thing. Um, then we have this moment where they eventually go and they see uh Ava Ava and her other doctor friend and they apparently have What's the doctor's name? Don't know. Frank. It's Frank. They uh they go and they meet up with them, but I literally wrote I don't not fucking understand why they why they are meeting cuz I didn't understand anything that was going on during the black tie affair moment. That's why I have no notes about it is because I literally have no idea what was going on from the time that there was a black market dealing until there was like a meeting. So just confusion. Just confusion. You'll have to watch the movie again, but not take notes to catch all the little story things that you missed. Um, and here I wrote another note. I was like, this hits too close to home in 2022 about people not giving a fuck about a possible pandemic is how we ended up in the fucking mess that we are in. That's all. Full stop. The end. This movie's under a much different tone watching it now than I feel like it would have been watching it in 2001. Wow, um, it would have been crazy to watch this movie in 2001. 2005. I meant 2005. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Well, maybe the National Treasure did come first. No, I don't know. Here we go. I got, I was busy. I whipped it up really quickly and then I don't remember. 2005. Can't type. National Treasure was 2004. Okay, so National Treasure came first. I correct my statement. Um, And then I wrote Gross again. And I wrote second to that. Every time he flirts, my ovaries clam up so hard. Um, there was, we're now on this ship traveling to take the doctors to the place to investigate the thing. All of it. No eggs will be coming out. Nothing to answer chat's question. Nothing is happening down there other than a lot of, um, we're, they're on this boat. And they're taking the doctors just so they can go investigate. And they're trying to go find the boat, the ship from the Civil War. Um, and they're out in the middle of some body of water in the middle of night. The Niger River. And there is just a bright ass light shining on Matthew McConaughey and Penelope Cruz as they do this scene. And it's never established... In the film, I mean, obviously, as, like, moviegoers, we know that they have, like, a set light and all that stuff. But in the film, it's never established where that bright light is coming from. So the ship is just magically lit up really brightly for even what a ship light would be in that time period with in that body of water. A little nitpicky thing. Um, and then Matthew McConaughey goes on to talk to Penelope Cruz about... The boat that he is trying to find and has been trying to find for a while. 
And her face uh, made me write this note of, I care as, about as much about this boat as Penelope Cruz does in this scene. Because she was just like, uh-huh. I'm here to stop like a whole entire pandemic. Cool story about your boat, bro. She had much bigger fish to fry. Um, so she, I was just like, I feel you. I also give zero fucks. Um, I will say James told me this little bit of trivia that Matthew McConaughey snuck real tequila into the bottle for this scene, um, which is normally not a thing. Actors normally drink like apple juice or things that look like alcohol instead of drinking alcohol on set. Um, so I, I will throw, here's my one throw out. I respect Matthew McConaughey for sneaking real tequila into the prop bottle. Guess he doesn't entirely suck. And that's my... You don't have a reason to hate him. I, I hate him, though. You don't. I He makes me feel uncomfortable, and his voice makes me want to throw myself off the nearest balcony. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it. It's like... Have you ever s seen or heard something that makes your dick try to jump up back inside you? Something so, like, upsetting and uncomfortable that you're like, you don't want anyone to come near it. That's how it makes me feel. No, no, nothing like that has ever happened to me. That is wild. What you're saying is wild to me. What chat's saying is a uh, quick trip to getting banned. Yeah, that wasn't a good joke, chat. Um... Here's my note that's going to make sense of why I keep calling him that dude and I, Matthew McConaughey and Penelope Cruz, is because I wrote, it has been some time in this movie, and I know not a single character's name. Not one. And then briefly after that, this is while they're, I think, chasing each other on the boats, I wrote, Dirk. His name is Dirk. <laughs> so I just... I I don't know. I just didn't catch him. I don't know if it was made clear. Like, I was trying to listen for it and, like, pay attention. I just never heard anybody say anybody's name, and that really bothered me. Um, I don't necessarily need a scene where they go, Hi, my name's Dirk. But I would like a scene where they blatantly go, Hi, my name's Dirk. All right, so you remember that scene when you were like, Ugh, the machismo. Ugh. Matthew McConaughey, in that scene, Al Giardino, played by Steve Zahn, shakes Penelope Cruz's hand and goes, Hi, Al Giardino. Just like that! <laughs> he goes, Al Giardino. Well, maybe shakes her hand. if Matthew McConaughey wasn't making me feel uncomfortable. He wasn't even he on screen yet. He was still in the water. He was still, this was after there was that little comedy bit where Steve Zahn was fixing the machine and he was yelling at whoever was behind him because he was like, oh, hey, how? You, the, you mean I, when I was upset? Thing, give me the thing. Hello. Yeah, that. You I mean, mean when I was upset? comedy, but like. You mean when I was upset that she didn't have bruises on her neck? Yeah, well, you were mad about the makeup department. They did the character introduction that you were so desperately needing. And then later you got mad because you were like, they didn't do the character introduction. And now I'm beginning to think you didn't actually watch the movie. I'm beginning to think that you spent more time watching your cell phone where you were taking the notes about the things you didn't like to notice that they answer all your questions if you watch the fucking movie. Well, you can write Murray Ross in heaven and tell him he was right. Because I couldn't focus on anything because I was so distracted 
by the fact that she wouldn't have she would have bruising around her neck. Maybe I needed to be holding the remote so I could pause it every time I was upset. Probably. We would have been there for a long time. Oh, but the movie would still be going. <laughs> it's a two hour movie and you got mad about everything. I didn't. There was things I like. I, in fact, this next note is side character is the best part of this movie and the only Al. one I care his about. His name <laughs> is fucking Al. And you know his name is Al now. You know his name is Al. I do, but I didn't know it till... Oh, right there. You wrote a note that says also his name is Al. I fucking hate you. <laughs> How are you? Why are you like this? Because, like I said, it took me so long oh to figure God. out people's names that I just started writing them down when I figured them out. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Um... So we have this whole scene where they eventually get to the place where they were going to go look for the guy that um, was supposed to have information about the boat. And they find they figure out that he's dead. Um, And then Dirk goes to the uh, local mosque and like decides for the first time to ask local historians about the boat. But he's known that the boat's been somewhere in Africa for a while, so why wouldn't you just go talk to local historians along the way of the river where you know the boat possibly went? It was just like, this is the first time you thought to do that? Um, and then, he, so he does go and he talks to them and they're like, oh yeah, no, the people that were on that boat Bought, brought a big illness and a bunch of people died and I wrote a fucking course the white people brought a fucking illness with them and a bunch of people died that's Oops. all we do that's all white people do is bring illnesses to other countries and people die that's all that ever happens um so that was annoying accurate but annoying um <laughs> I wrote a note that didn't really matter, <laughs> so I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, they end up doing, because they're in, uh, they're in Africa, and there are war tribes in Africa, and, like, there's been, like, wars going on for a very long time between uh, warlords and all these things in Africa historically for a very long time. And so they end up in foreign territory and get chased by uh, members of this warlord, like his soldiers. They're chased because they're looking for the doctors that were with these guys um, because they have information about the plague and they don't want information about the plague to get caught, like get out because they want to contain it so that they can keep making money, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, they're chasing them and they start shooting and they shoot a lot. They do shoot a lot. And... At so many points, Dirk should have died. Oh, yeah. The amount of stormtrooper aim that occurs from these African war troops is excessive. Well, I mean, you can't kill the hero. No, but it's just... I mean, it's just a trope that stormtroopers have bad aim. But it's really just anyone shooting at any hero ever has horrific aim. But even, not even, like, grazed by a bullet. Not even, like, a gun wound. Like, 
Like a livable shot that he could get through. Not Nothing. He should have been dead in Probably, that first yeah. little thing. A uh, cool moment that I thought was epic and awesome was when... Uh, James is going to get mad at me again. The... Al? Nope. The nerd guy shot... Yes. <laughs> shot the flare gun into the truck. That was brutal and it was epic and I loved it. <laughs> I shot a guy with a flare gun. Like just... <laughs> Great. You you did, you had a vocal reaction to that. You were like, whoa! <laughs> it was so cool. It was dope. I liked that moment a lot. It was really cool. Um, this is all in the still the same chase scene. And then they eventually get done. Like, they do a bunch of cool shit to get out of the chase um, called the Panama, which is basically, like, exploding the boat in between the two boats. Like, the Panama Canal, I'm assuming, is their reference there. Um, I like that they don't mention what, like, the the joke about the Panama maneuver is hilarious because, like, not only does their boss know what it is, but when Rudy's trying to figure out what it is, Al says, we weren't in Panama, we were in Nicaragua. But we thought and, we were and, in and Panama. Ru- and Rudy goes, what? And he said, we thought we were in Panama. And that's the only fucking, like, that's the only explanation for the naming of this, like, plan that's about to go down, is that they called it the Panama. Which is And then they did it, and Rudy goes, is that how it went the first time? And Matthew McConaughey goes, didn't really work the first time. So not only did they name a plan that didn't go off correctly the only other time that it happened... But they impressed themselves so much with how badly it failed that they named it and then executed it again, but correctly. They probably talked about what went wrong afterwards and how probably, to improve on probably. it. Probably, but that's hilarious to me. I really liked it. I thought the whole plan was actually pretty cool. Um, so they executed the plan and they walk up to this like... Re- like this resident building in the middle of the desert. Um, and then they just straight up steal people's clothes and camels. It is not noted, but that house is canonically deserted. So people just left their camels? Those camels would be dead then. I'm just telling you what the trivia told me. Well, either way, they either stole people's clothes and camels... Or the camel should have been dead by then. And that's all I got to say about that. Um, and then I, I wrote the note that why aren't we wearing masks says me retroactively knowing what we know now about contagious diseases. Uh, and then they continue on their way to help the doctors, Al and Dirk do, and they send Rudy. Rudy. Rudy back to go tell their boss what happened to the boat and where they are. And Rudy goes through a war checkpoint. And before the truck even starts moving again, he pokes his head up to make sure that he's clear. And just don't do that. Tactical blunder, but also it did alert the audience as to where Rudy was or why we were even having this scene. I knew why we were having the scene. It was very clear why we were having the sure, scene. Sure, you did, but you're watching the movie with a critical eye. I 
Okay. I you shouldn't do that. No. That's how you get caught. You stay if you were ever in hiding in a place, you stay hidden until you are sure there's no one looking for you, and then you stay hidden for a good time after that. Um So they end up in this village where they are investigating because apparently the disease was uh, spotted there. So the two doctors, Ava and Frank, yep. are uh, there to investigate. And they, as I stated previously, were not wearing masks when they were first, like in the first scene of them there. And then Ava goes down in this well and starts digging up the dirt. And then decides to wear a mask. And I just wrote, now we wear a mask. It's kind of ridiculous, honestly. The mask etiquette in this movie, you never would have given a shit about it if we didn't have a pandemic. But now that we've had a pandemic, you sit there and you go, well, where's the, why aren't you with, you have it with you. Why aren't you just wearing it at all times? That And it's like James said, it wouldn't be if we hadn't been all wear, like doing mask etiquette for a good two years now. But here we are in 2022, and we are now all experts on how to wear a mask and when to wear a mask. And they don't do it correctly. Um, so they're investigating, and Ava is down in the well, and all her doctor companion and their escorts are all at the top. And they get found by the warlord soldiers. And I was upset because I did like her doctor companion, even though I didn't know his name, which is night. I now know as Frank. Um, so I was kind of upset about that. And then she, Ava makes a mistake where she, I, it wasn't a big mistake. It was just, it's again, it's kind of the same thing where Rudy poking his head up where she yells out in the middle of all this, like, in the middle of the people driving up and, like, she hears gunshots and she yells out and I was she like... She yells for Frank. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Tactical blunder, although, as a doctor with no sort of sense of military training or really an understanding of what it's like to be in a hostile environment, which a WHO doctor should have. She uh, should, and she should already know because she was attacked once already. I don't know, man. But I digress. I shut know. the fuck up. Don't stick your head up. If you are in a hidden place, don't move, don't talk, don't bring attention to yourself in any way. <laughs> um, And then we go up there because she's in the well and we're watching her so we don't see any of this going on. Um, but then we go up above and the warlord is now interrogating Frank about where Ava is. And my only reaction was, oh, yay, he's alive. Because I was really, I liked Frank and I was sad that I thought he died. And then. Wait, not yet. Um, I then made a note because he starts talking about how he has this really rare gun and, uh, how much he spends to get the bullets. 27 pounds. Made for him. Like, just for him. I'm trying to think of the word. Custom? Yes, custom made for him. Um, and so I made a note that I've made before on this podcast, which 
is the rich continue to be able to do whatever the fuck they want. Yes. And it really fucking bothers me. <laughs> uh, and then I wrote, briefly after that, oh damn, now he's dead. Because Frank gets <laughs> shot by the expensive bullets. Um, they start to, the warlords, like, go find Ava, make this look like it was this other war tribe, and then rolls out. And I was like, how the fuck do they not know where they are, where she is? Like, look with your damn looking eyes. Before they even, like, interrogated Frank, they should have found her. Because, I mean, eventually they do and they go and they see that there's a rope in the well. But there is a rope leading to a fucking well where they were all standing. You dumb fucks. Like, I don't know how his immediate response was to just not open fire into the well, because that's what I would have done. Um, well, if he did that, he would kill one of the protagonists. I also made a note while I was yelling at Ava about shutting the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I said it out loud, but I didn't write it down. Because she originally dropped a glow stick into the well so she could see the bottom. And then she, like, I was t- I was giving her coaching about how she could hide better in the well before they even went to look for her. I was like, you sit on that glow stick, you shrink yourself up against the wall, and you untie the rope. These were all things I said verbally. Yep. Um, Can't confirm. And she proceeds to wait till the last possible moment to do all of those things. The minute I know that I'm hidden and, like, people are looking for me, I'm doing all those things. So she covers up the glow stick with dirt, which is fine. But it got so much darker in the well after she did that that I was like, that glow stick provided an, like, unrealistic amount of light in that well. (laughs) Truly. Um, And then I... I made a note that said, uh, the things that I said to do at the beginning, she waits till the last possible second to do, because then she unties the rope as they're pulling on the rope, which they would have felt if they were holding the rope. You would feel the rope moving weird. But I digress. Um, she then proceeds to do something which I viewed as stupid, but I'm glad that she did for the plot of the movie, which is she started... To climb out of the hole while there was active gunfire going on. And I wrote, stay in the fucking hole, you dumb bitch. No. If she hadn't climbed out of the hole, she wouldn't have been able to shoot the guy. Something to note is that, and something I noticed on this watch that I hadn't noticed before. They make a point of showing that a gun falls into the well. It's hanging. It doesn't fall all the way in. It's hanging on the edge. I thought I saw it fall all the way in. No, it just, it gets caught. All right, never mind. Hey, look, I noticed things in the movie. Yeah. What's the psychic's name? Ow! Oh, congratulations. What's his last name? Starts with a G. Mm-hmm. What's Neville's last name? Longbottom. Okay, fine. Although there are seven of those movies and only one of this movie, so. Yeah, but I knew Neville Longbottom before I even watched the first one, so suck on that. So it's still not an accurate test. No, because in order to marry you, I had to know things about Harry Potter. What's the prince's name in Cinderella, the movie we just watched? 
Fuck if I care. Exactly. <laughs> what an atrocious film that was. Um, so they're fighting up there. Uh, the two Alan Dirk ride up on the warlords and they start fighting them. Um, or the war soldiers, not the warlords, and they fight. And then there's this scene where you see a sniper, or at least a scoped gunman in the bushes. And Al just takes off running towards him, but <laughs> just in a straight line. Uh huh. Which, if you know anything about running to or from bullets at all, or any long distance ammo, you bob and weave like serpentine. It's real easy. It's a common known fact. And if he was in the Navy, he would know that. And he doesn't, and it bothers me. It bothers me whenever anyone does it. Uh, that scene in Game of Thrones where young Stark just, like, literally runs on a straight fucking line as they fire at him. Everyone's an idiot. Which was actually my next note in the, on here, and I didn't realize it, is that everyone is an idiot. Um, so they continue to fight, and then eventually the ranged gunman gets up for some reason. That I don't understand and isn't really explained. Um, I'm assuming it's because maybe he lost sight of Al. But I don't know how he could lose sight of Al. Because Al was apparently just standing underneath his feet. Because in the next shot you just see Al pop up from nowhere. And there's no explanation of like how the soldier doesn't see him. Or where he was hiding. He just pops up right behind him. And it was confusing to say the least. And then I, re I, re I retracted my comment saying, okay, good job climbing out of the hole. I take it back. Like, fine. You, you helped. You were, you shot somebody. <laughs> um, then Ava makes this interesting choice to run over to Frank. And you are in an active war zone where you were just previously being shot at and you know where people are coming. And she's like, like ripping open his shirt, trying to like do doctor shit. And I was like, he is dead, dead. Like it does not take... Any amount of medical training to know that that man is dead. Like, even if he's not, you have no way of, like, saving him while trying to save yourself. So, time to go. Chop, chop. We out. Um, it's also your fault he's dead. So, like, your time to mourn's done. Let's go. Uh, and right after that note I wrote, because Matthew McConaughey is just like, giving her all these instructions about, like, their moves and stuff, and she's, like, obviously distressed. And he's just like, yo, Ava! Because she's not responding to anything he's saying. I was like, give the girl a minute to recover. She went through trauma. Like, Jesus. So, yeah. I think it's an interesting juxtaposition of someone with a clear military background who, like, processes trauma in a very different way. And is you can like watch his brain not in like a well executed way i should say but you get to like see him switch from being a like suave adventure guy to a oh we're gonna kill everybody guy and he takes on the role of control the situation the best he can uh with what he was you know been taught to do and learned to do throughout his whole life and she has none of that background and so her response to this whole situation is completely fair. 
and it makes total sense. And his response to the situation is also completely fair and makes total sense. So this little tiff between them there that you see and you want to stand up for, absolutely, it makes total sense. He's not being sympathetic to the fact that she's, you know, not used to this sort of experience. And, you know, she can't be sympathetic to the fact that he knows exactly what to do. Because what in what period of time has she learned about his entire background and been able to bottle her trauma to understand anything? Like, it... it I I think you, you, it makes me laugh because you're like criticizing it for being bad, but it's really funny because it's true. Yeah, now that you pointed out like that, that's that's fair. Cause it's that... it it's it's like, but here's the thing: I think they did it on accident. I think it's a great piece of writing that they didn't mean to have, but it just like happened like that, and so there it is. Like I don't think they went into the scene and they were like, and here we'll have just a brief bit of dialogue where you get to see the military minds in the moment do military mind stuff and have it really be juxtaposed by the civilian mind do civilian mind stuff there's no way that's how that scene got written there's no way i also think there's like some awareness that needs to be given to dirk about himself because like you said he doesn't realize that he's doing that but like you and me are those opposite people where in like times of like trauma and like um, pressure. I'm very much like Dirk. I'm like, here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to get done. Like, blah, 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 blah. But I recognize in myself that not everyone reacts like that. And that's why James and I make such a great pair is I will go take care of like the logistical things that need to get done. I'll feel everything. And I'll send James to go comfort the people that need comforted in this moment because I can't like my brain doesn't work that way. And I will make sure everything else needs to get done. Like I will I will go take care of the physical needs. I will make sure those are taken care of. I will do all that stuff. But as far as like emotional needs, when I'm in trauma, the way I process things is I need to get the, I'm very much like Dirk. I'm like, here's my plan. Here's what needs to get done to fix the problem. That's what I'm going to do. And then I will process the emotional parts later. (laughs) It's funny too, because the last line that Dirk says in the scene is we'll get through, huh? Because he's like, it's like, it's like a bull in the china shop, like, trying to reach out and make that connection and just, like, whiffing as hard as he can. Like, swinging for the fences and throwing the bat in the process. It's just, it's funny because it makes perfect sense, he but thinks, I don't think it ever got written like that. I like that he, because I do like that part, too, because he thinks, like, she's more stressed out about, like, oh, what's going to happen to me and not the fact that her, like, friend just got, like, murdered. Or that everyone there got murdered. Like, that's... Like, she just and she's like still no closer 20 to... 20 people died. And she's still no closer to, like, solving any of this than she was when she got there. So, like, there's a lot of feelings that are going through her head right now. And I think at the bottom of her list, at least, like, if I was that character, the bottom of my list is, like, what the fuck's gonna happen to me? Like, I'm sitting there stressed about everything that just happened to everybody else. And he tries. He tries, and it's just bad. <laughs> It's perfect, but it's bad. Um, I've got two notes that we're going to end this portion on, mm-hmm. um, which is, James is going to get mad at me again, uh, white villain. Oh, Massard? Yes. Eve Massard. Uh, he came- M-O-S-S-A-R-D. That I'm going to get, and here it is, looking at the branches in a forest. 
The guy couldn't pick an accent, like the actual actor couldn't pick an accent to save his fucking life. I, I, I think that's more of a directorial issue. I don't, it was, it bothered me because like one minute he was like, had like a almost French accent and one minute he had like an almost Southern accent and one minute he had no accent at all and it was just in and out constantly and I was just Where's sitting there like, from? I just couldn't, I don't know, it was bothering me. I just was like, who are you? Where are you from? Where's your character from? I don't know, because apparently you don't either. Okay. Actor. Mm -hmm. Born in France. Okay. Studied drama in London. Fluent in English. I'm going to bet also in French. Well, duh. Uh, he's made a gazillion French films. So I wonder if it was more just the difficulty of almost maintaining an American accent, which is what he was supposed to have? No, he was not supposed to have. I think he was supposed to have a natural French accent, and I think the director pushed for a different twist on the French accent. Because Yves Mossard is a French name mm -hmm. for a guy who starts French and is working closely with Molly. It doesn't make sense for an American to be there mm -hmm. because... The Americans in the movie would know about a gajillionaire working in Africa. Yeah, that's why I couldn't tell where he was so from. He, I think it's just a poorly executed French guy. Okay. Played by a really talented French guy. Okay. Still confused, but with context. Um, and my final note to wrap up this section of Sahara is... Also, his name is Al, and it was at this point in the movie <laughs> that I figured that out. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, you're fired. And forever. shortly after that, I wrote, "He's my favorite." <laughs> so Al's so good, dude. Al's like my favorite part of the movie. He's amazing. I call it. A, I call it a Steve Zahn movie all the time, not a Matthew McConaughey movie, because Matthew McConaughey is like your classic hero trope hero. And Steve Zahn is the best character in the movie. He is the best character in the movie. He does everything that Matthew McConaughey does, but he has good lines, great costuming, and he's just he just executes it great. He's also, let's be real, the brains of the operation, because there's so many times where he's doing a bunch of like stuff yes. that makes Matthew McConaughey's plans happen. Yes. If we're saying that he's, they copied National Treasure, he's the Riley of he's this. The, he's the cog in the... No one's saying they copied National Treasure but you. No I, one is saying that. You're the only person saying well, that. Well, I'm saying that he's the Riley of this group. Okay. Great. I think he's the Al Giordano of this group. I'm going to say Giordano or Giordino until I actually look at how his name is spelled. How does he say it, mister? He says it in the film. And now Giordano. we wait. I think it's Giordano. And now we wait. And now we wait. We're not going to wait long. We're still waiting. I'm going to find it. I swear to God. It's Al Giordino. Every time I said Giordano is wrong, it's Giordino. And that's how we end this section. Please tune in for part two. Hi. How are you? <laughs>